0: Matt Lautner coming to you live on a Monday, July 18th. We most of the time do ag-based podcasting, but at that time of year, whenever everybody's getting close, if you're a high schooler, to going back and starting what we used to call two-a-days for fall (laughs) high school football, I've been informed by my old buddy Mitch Murphy from Iowa Central Community College that two-a-days are a thing of the past. Is that right, Todd?
1: Yeah, you can't you can't really do them at the high school level. You can't do them at the college level anymore. Those are those days are gone.
0: Well, I'm uh, 23 years removed from my last two a day, and by golly, whenever it's going to be ni- high 90s all all week this week, I'm glad because I'm an old chubby fat kid now. So, joining me today is Todd Black from Harlan, Iowa. We have uh, pretty good viewership across the USA and Canada. And not everybody would know you by name, but Todd is the head football coach at Harlan Community Schools, and his dad, uh, Kurt Blatt, was yep. the legendary coach. Probably if you have ever put on a jersey in the state of Iowa, you're aware of the Harlan team tradition, amazing amount of success that y'all had through the years.
2: When compared against all other coaches nationally, Kurt Blatt ranked number 26 in the entire United States at 422 wins and 66 losses. 66 losses in 42 years, are you kidding me? That includes the playoffs. Your winning percentage was 87%, 37 playoff appearances. Your dad, Kurt, had 11 state championships and you had your most recent state championship. Your first was in the fall of 2021. And along with those uh, 12 combined state championships, You guys have also had nine runner-ups. Just amazing. 21 times either champion or runner-up
0: since 1978. Wow. When did your dad start coaching at Harlan?
1: Actually, he started coaching wrestling back in 1967. That was the first sport he coached. They didn't didn't want him on the football staff Uh, in 1967. He was able to get on in 1968. And then he took over being the head coach in 1978. He was head coach uh, solely up until 2018, and then we did it together in 2019, and then uh, he stepped out.
2: Hey, coach Black, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to bet you $10 that you can't remember all the years that you guys won the Iowa State Championship. So go ahead and see if you can get her done.
1: Go. Seventy-two, eighty-two, eighty-three, eighty-four, ninety-three, ninety-five, ninety-seven, ninety-eight, two thousand
2: two, three, or three, four, five, two thousand nine, two thousand twenty-one. Whoa! Well, I'm glad that I didn't bet a hundred dollars because that's the quickest ten dollars I've ever lost.
0: I mean, you guys are in the system. I, have, I imagine what I'm about to say is. What you don't like the most about it is all these runner-ups that you had because that's an amazing accomplishment, too, just because, I mean, we're talking about rural Iowa here. I mean, it's not like you're hooked into Omaha and they just got these pipeline of kids consistently that definitely would have world-class athletes. And then your state football runner-ups were in 1981, 1985, 1986, 1988, 1989, 1992, 2000, 2001, and 2020. The last yep. two years leading into this one, you've been runner-up 2020, state champion 2021. So from
2: 2009 to 2020, you guys had just a little bit of a break from winning state championships or getting runner-up. Ken, well, how do you describe that? A hole
1: in the action. There you go. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we had some really good teams in there. You know, we had a, we got knocked out by Josie Jewell in 2011. We, they were a darn good football team. We made it to the semis. We were hanging with them.
0: That's a really good way to describe playing Josie Jewell as you got knocked out by them. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah guy, was... that guy was a monster.
2: So even as good as Harlan is and Harlan's going to be, there's still world-class athletes that can come in and beat Harlan on their best day. So that's just a tip of the cap to Josie Jewell, who went on to be an All-American for
0: the University of Iowa. I mean, he I don't know if he went on to the the play in the pros, but he was a stud in college. So I can't imagine how good he was in high school.
1: Yeah, he was a he was a difference maker out there, there's no doubt. I think there's 326 left in the third and then uh it just kind of kind of fell apart and he kind of took over the game at that point and uh we didn't make it any further. What
0: did, what did he play? Was he quarterback and linebacker?
1: Uh well, he kind of played where he wanted actually. Sure. That was when my son was born. Uh I wasn't okay. I wasn't in uh, a total a great mindset. Uh, he just, and he was in the hospital there and had some complications, and so uh, I went to the game. And right after the game, I just walked out in the parking lot and jumped in the first car that was going to Heartland, So, uh, gosh, I can't remember. Wasn't Decor? I don't know why that's jumping out in my head. But I went ahead and looked it up as we've been, as I was
2: driving Todd and Josie Jewell was from Decor, Iowa. He's six-two and two hundred and thirty-six pounds.
0: And I bet in high school he was just a monster. Just off the top of your head, could you list the top five or ten athletes over the course of you and your dad's career at, at Harlem Community School?
1: Well, you'd have to probably go back into the 80s, 83. there was a, We had an All-American in Todd Coos. He was a small guy. And sure. He might have went for track. He was, he was a burner. And then Alan Patton, he played at Iowa State. Um, Michael Berger, uh, he was a 94 graduate, but 93 was his... Senior year, so he got a state title there. Uh, you know, Kevin Cruz was an amazing running back for us. You know, Sean Dorn, he's the one that doesn't get a whole lot of credit at quarterback, but he never lost a game as, as the starting quarterback.
0: Over two years or three years?
1: Uh, he was just two years. And, yep. uh, Joel Osborne would have won the, the championship before him. Um, you know, he's, a, he's the head coach at Benedictine now. We had the two Hoke boys, um, Will McLaughlin, and then uh, you know we, we hope Aiden can live up to you know, some of the stuff that he's been uh, touted to uh, be able to accomplish this year. So,
2: All right, I did look up this guy, Aiden Hall, a 6'2", 200-pound athlete. Uh, last season, he carried the ball 94 times for 777 yards, 17 rushing touchdowns, caught 32 passes for 755 yards. He also had seven receiving touchdowns. So, yeah. He's pretty much a stud.
1: He'll play a little bit of slot receiver, tailback, safety, maybe even a little bit of corner. Um, he'll play kind of all over. He's just uh, he's a very versatile dude, uh, committed to Iowa, very powerful kid.
0: You're going to have a new fan this year, because I'm going to check in on you guys now to tell me about your team. There's plenty of following without me from uh, Central Iowa. But, it's all uh, right.
1: We'll take one more.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, to my knowledge, you guys won in 97 and 98. Uh, you, you, were a senior
1: in 98, is that correct? Yep.
0: yep. And when Todd Blatt laced him up and his dad was coaching, what positions were you, um, offense or defense?
1: I just played center. And back then we, I think we only had one person that played both ways. We were really platoon and, and, uh, we had a lot of kids, you know, we had almost a hundred kids out for football. Um, so we did a lot of platooning, uh, didn't really share any athletes and, uh, we had full scout teams on, on both ends. I think we only maybe did 10 plays a week of good on, you know, number ones on number ones.
2: Yeah, sure, didn't want them beating up on each other.
1: Yep, yep, managing health and keeping guys healthy and whatnot. My sophomore year, I thought actually we were a better football team. Uh, we played Central Lion, Rock Rapids, George, Little Rock up at their place on a extremely cold day. It was 28 degrees and raining that's kind of why they moved the semifinal game into the dome was that, that game back then. We had, it took us like seven hours to get home from the game. Uh, we ended up losing 20-13. to 13. Um, Roger Meyer was on that team. He was a fullback. He played uh, middle linebacker for Iowa back there in the early 2000s. Uh,
2: I've got a little story about Central Line.
1: I want to talk to you about later, so go ahead with yours. We had that baby one. Um, we were on the one-yard line, and uh, Roger Meyer came through, hit the fullback right on the goal line. Ball squirted out, and the next play they took it, the 85 or 88 yards. He, uh, Roger Meyer took it down down our sideline and scored the game-winning touchdown. It was tied 13-13,
0: and then Roger Meyer
1: did
0: That's a heartbreaking defeat from one end, end zone to the other, a matter of place. Wow.
1: Yeah, uh, that was a tough one.
0: I mean, I just have fun revisiting my – football days from so long ago and it's just two seasons the amount of
2: memories that you and your dad would have after coaching so many years uh it's just amazing
0: I and mean, i'm sure there's some drawbacks of doing it just in terms of dealing with personalities whether that be uh your players or their parents sometimes can get a little whatever animated if their kids aren't getting the playing time that they want maybe maybe that doesn't happen to harlem
1: oh i'm sure people have their opinions that's okay they're <laughs> entitled to those
0: and <laughs> and uh,
1: when it doesn't, when when things aren't going well, you know, everybody has a solution. So. Yeah,
0: it's, everybody's pretty... All-American whenever you're rolling three <laughs> state titles in a row or whatever it might have been. And I'm sure during that little lull in the action, uh, I'm sure there was some folks that
2: thought they were the second coming of Vince Lombardi or Bill Belichick. Trying to give you pointers on what you can do different. Come on, man.
0: Talking about the Black family here. What do you think about, at the very beginning, I assume that you and your dad are just really good coaches and you could have created some sort of domination in any state that you would have landed in. But if you had to pinpoint how to grow that tradition or your dad grew tradition at Harlan, is it just community involvement or is there something specific that you think helped build that year after year tradition of success?
1: It's tough to... uh tough to get a tangible on how to create sure. a winning society. I've had people that have coached here with us, you know, and they kind of just go, you guys just focus on the little things. Yeah. I think, you yeah, yeah, there's some give and take. Football has to be fun. And everybody always remembers my dad as a, uh, you know, yeller and screamer on the sidelines and real intense on the game days, you know. But one thing they didn't get to see was his interactions on the you know, the day to day and, uh, well, regular practice. And, you know, he'd like to goof around. One of my favorite stories uh, an offensive lineman, uh, Doug Chamberlain, <laughs> defensive line. I think it was at the end, kept beating him across his face and, and making the play in the backfield. And uh, Doug comes back to the huddle, and he, my dad, he's just flustered. I mean, he is red, he is yelling. And he asked, you know, what the hell are you doing, Doc? And he goes, I don't know. I invited him inside and he stayed too long and my dad just busted out laughing and everybody just rolling on the ground and then we got to move on. <laughs> you know, we just that was the end of it. You know, and those kind of situations that we had a lot of those. If there is a funny moment it's okay to laugh. It's okay to have a good time out there but uh, being very efficient with your um, expectations is probably the number one
0: just about attention to detail i mean i'm just giving a personal experience our 98 team was two and seven playing with those guys and then in my own senior year in 99 ended up being eight and four i thought personally that our junior year team probably had more talent way too many like i think we had 25 penalties in one game against Perry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just the small details of not uh, having a false start on a touchdown scoring play. The small little details between 98 and 99 made us a pathetic team in 98 and then a higher quality team in 99.
2: And Coach Todd Blatt, I just want to acknowledge that I feel silly telling you about my 11 losses over my junior and senior year whenever Harlan goes a full decade in the 90s or the 2000s without losing a total of 11 games. Sheesh, you guys are studs.
0: Still are. Everybody sees a, a head coach, whether it be you or your dad, uh, the way that you try to fire your players up on game day. It's the attention to detail in the off season In the off days leading up to the game, that make you uh, clean and crisp. I'm sure you play some tight games. You have a lot of blowouts too, I'm sure, but pretty often you guys have been able to do it for so long together.
1: The big thing that I want to wanna say is, uh, you know, uh, Gosh, it's just so important. You never know when the play is going to matter the most in the game. So, give it your best. You know, we, that's all we want. If you can, if you can put your best out there, we'll let the chips fall where they may. But you gotta gotta be willing to put your best foot out there.
0: Playing in the dome would be a question I have for you. How do you guys prepare for the dome? I mean, is it totally different than if you're getting ready to play a game and? 30 degree temperatures in late October, or
1: uh, we got a big shed that we, we we heat up to about 200 degrees, and then we go practice in that. Really? No, not at all. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh! I just got roasted by Todd
0: Black. You got me. Ha!
1: Oh, it's loud. It's tough. It's a it's a it's a really unique environment, you know.
0: That might not uh, be very favorable. Some of those. Uh, more helicopter parents if they were having their kids uh, practice in a 200-degree building. <laughs> <laughs> Through your career outside of Harlan, I mean, who do you look up to or respect in terms of program and tradition?
1: There's a lot of good coaches around, you know. I, I always liked the way Bob Howard was. I just remember Merv Habernack was my uh, Shrine Bowl coach. He was, he was, he was a card back Yeah, uh, uh. Merv was uh, Bettendorf. Bob Howard, you know, he was at uh, he was the Savage Cobras over in Sigourney. Uh, won a couple okay. titles there with the single wing, and um, you know, but I would I would go back to getting the opportunity to watch my dad and, and um uh, you know all the coaches he had around him were were all head coaches. They just uh, you know they just coached with my dad. You know, and that was a luxury he had. So.
0: Your Kurt's career, you generally had the same coaching staff throughout.
1: It was pretty much the same guys.
0: Yep. yep. That's awesome when you can have continuity like that. Uh, what do you think your dad's legacy is? Kind of an open-ended question. Forty-some-odd years of domination in terms of win percentage, unlike any other in the state of Iowa or nationally, just a few others are like it. Just give me your thoughts on uh, your papa's legacy. In the year 2022, sure. you
1: know, I think he would he would be proud of all the guys that he coached and how they've gone on. You know, he's coached a lot of doctors, a lot of lawyers, a lot of a lot of great businessmen. You know, that are around here, stretched all the way to other countries. You know, Hong Kong to sure. Singapore, everywhere. You know, and in all the lives that that he, uh, he he had a positive impact on. You know, I think that's. One thing you kind of lose, you, you know, you lose sight of is is all the guys that you're going to impact and the, the families that you're going to have impact on. You know, they come back for a game and, you know, it's pretty interesting to see guys that played back in the 80s and then they come back and bring their yeah. kids the other kids are kind of in awe of the situation you know that, that the friday nights bring you know it's pretty it's a it's a pretty fun environment in Harlem, iowa oh, yeah. you know anybody that comes to the games knows that but that's that wasn't just created by one man you know boy it, it takes a community he'd say that too he's had been you know been real fortunate with assistant coaches i think i've had more turnover than he had um in 40 years, I've had more turnover in two years. So.
0: Turning over from your dad co coaching with you in 19, then into the 20 and 21, did you guys make any scheme changes or philosophy changes? Are you running basically the same offense and defense uh, year to year, game to game?
1: Oh, we might throw it a little bit more. Um, you know, some people don't like that, but that's all right. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> I've worked with the offensive coordinator here since uh, 2008, and he's fantastic, Mark Cohorst. And we just kind of try to adapt the offense to you know what suits our players the best. You know what are what are our kids good at? You know when we had Nick Foss and uh, Darren Schmitz was a really good quarterback too. And we had a plethora of quarterbacks that year. We went through four quarterbacks actually uh, due to injury and some other. St- some other stuff Uh, yeah so we were on our fourth string quarterback at the end of the season in uh, 2017 I think that's one where we lost uh 40 to 42 in the semifinal game to Pella we were down 35 to nothing um in the first half and then we came all the way back and had an opportunity to tie it with a two-point conversion and uh just some unfortunate things happened and uh, we didn't quite get the ball to where it needed to be
2: as my boy Brennan West from Indiana would say, "What? Frank Reich ain't got nothing on you. Thirty-five to nothing, and you came all the way back. Good job, Coach."
1: And uh... is
0: this is uh, Jim Dunn still a coach at Pella?
1: Yep, yep.
0: Coach me in Australia. That guy was a motivator. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you are too. But I've never, I've never been in the locker room for a Todd Black motivational speech, and uh, he said. Something about it. thunder's just a noise, boys. It's the lightning that does the work. <laughs> That's a good. <laughs> anyway, might steal
1: it. You never know. There you go. There you go. So yeah, we that year we were we led the state in rushing. You know, and a couple of years later we got well. The last two years we've led the the state in uh, tossing the rock through the air. So uh, we
0: we just kind of a slight changed. Then yeah, I, I, I'm not a football coach, but I, I have had one other discussion with the central lions head football coach a couple five or six days ago he said they're going more towards the run pass option and they still run it 70 percent of the time but you just gotta you gotta the game is getting so technical that you have to kind of switch it up and and have the threat of the pass even if you run more
1: yeah people break down gotta take advantage a lot of neat stuff going on right now Especially with RPOs, you know, everybody wants to say that you have to run the quarterback from that But you don't have to run an RPO with the quarterback You can, you know, go with a handoff coming across and then kick it out there um, Whether you're going to read like linebacker or outside backer Heck, sometimes even defensive end, you know, that's who your read is And then you get your hops but- Whoa!
2: You are... You are X's and O's with Matt Lautner and Todd Blatt.
0: How about it? My, my football uh, terminology with all that coach speak he just said. But that's well. good. I like it. Love it. Well.
1: <laughs> Anyways,
0: <laughs> this is just a silly way to ask the question, but I do, do believe in, in kind of the content of the question. Uh, has the wiffification of America in the last five or ten years uh, affected Harlan at all? I'm not trying to be political, but – there's a time whenever over the last several years, I just think about it because my kids are growing up, everybody gets a ribbon. But in the real world, not
2: everybody gets a ribbon, and there's going to be winners and losers. I just think, you know, football and other activities, showing cattle, showing pigs, showing lambs, showing goats, uh, teaches people about their young kids about the real world in terms of uh,
0: there's going to be winners and losers, so you got to work hard to win. And it just seems like that rough and tumble – farm kid mentality that I'd had growing up on a farm in the late 90s, probably there's just less people living on the farm, of course, but, uh, I mean, do you think that people are getting softer as time goes on, or do you think that there's still some blue-collar ass-kickers, uh, especially in Harlan, Harlan, Iowa?
1: Well, I I got a good story for you. We're getting ready to play Knoxville this year, and... Starting fullback came up to me right right before the game. I mean, we're getting ready to kind of run out onto the field, and he goes, "Hey, coach, can you tape my ankle?" I go, "You never had your ankle taped your whole life. What's going on?" Ah, uh, it's just bothering me a little bit. Takes his shoe off, and I, you know, I turn around. And I'm grabbing the the tape and I turn around. And it's it's just a monstrosity of a sprained ankle. It's black and blue and looks nasty. And I go. All right. What happened? <laughs> well uh well I had to do my chores and I stepped in a goat hole out in the out in the field. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I went,
1: there's nah, no you way
0: he's still got some farm stuff <laughs> kids out there
1: in Western Iowa. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, he was he was he he wanted to play. He was trying, but uh we we actually had to Uh, We got a freshman in there and and, uh, play fullback, and uh, he did a real nice job for us. Uh, Hayden saw him a good kid, and uh, yeah, that was quite. I've never had a never had a guy get hurt before the game by stepping in a goat hole, but uh, yeah, (laughs) we do have some real tough kids. And man, when we played the game, if you look back and you watch those films, it was the game was played a little slower than what it is now. We were hitting hard, but. Boy, is there some speed on the field and the way the athletes train is just, uh, you know, it's all streamlined. It's like you said, you know, there's just, um, uh, a lot more technology in it, a lot more breakdown and, uh, you know, when people are getting strength and conditioning coaches and you just see this, the speed of the game increasing so much that, um, you know injuries are going to happen when you do that
2: my question to you is were the kids in 1998 when you played tough or are they tougher now in 2022
1: go i think these guys are they want to be tough sometimes they're they're limited on what they can be tough with
0: what are the drawbacks of being the head football coach at Harlan or winning a state title, if there are any, uh, let's not always see the world with rose-colored glasses. What if? What are the drawbacks of being Todd Black? I mean, I'm sure that there's really some competition for playing time. You no, know,
1: you might run into that, but I, honestly, we just try to. You know, your best best way to combat any of that is just always play the best. It really doesn't matter who you are, where you coming from what you're what you've done you know play the best and and you're gonna you solve a lot of those problems so any other
2: non-football related you know drawbacks of being the head coach
1: so you're kind of always on call especially with facebook and uh and sure. some of that stuff you know everybody's able to get a hold of you there all hours of the day uh, you know seven days a week so, but, without
0: facebook uh, we would not be talking right now because that's how i reach yeah,
1: Right, there, yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah. That comes with the territory, though. I kind of saw all that, you know, for a lot of years, all growing up, so um it definitely was different, because most of the time it was just uh Rock and Ron, which, you know, dang it, we lost him this year, he was a sports broadcaster for us since 1986, I think, 1986, 1985, I can't remember exactly, but. He was fantastic, but he passed away this year. But I, I would remember Dad talking to him every mor- or every Saturday morning after after games and and whatnot. And it was always uh it was always an interesting uh, uh, interaction between those guys. They, Ron would get him going, and uh, it was always a fun time for Dad. But
0: the comparison between what you're doing as a high school coach or a radio announcer, I want to make sure that I shout out our hometown radio announcer, Doug Reeder. Mm-hmm. You and, and him or our coach, Mr. Kibby back in the day. It's awesome if I could redo my career, and I'm not going to. I'm completely happy doing this show cattle thing. But uh, just interesting to be a part of a community in one town for this many years as opposed to my life where I kind of travel around the country, maybe 30 to mm-hmm. 35 states a year, and I don't get to have oh, that uh, personal. Yeah personal interaction year after year with the same people. I mean, we might see each other once a year, but I don't see them nine Fridays or right,
1: right, 13, yeah.
0: 13 game days a year. So your
2: impact on the community, Doug Reader's, Mr. Kibbe's, uh it's just truly cool instead of some of these uh, coaches that you see skipping around every two years, they're going to a different school for a bigger paycheck. I just think it's awesome that year after year, you guys are giving back to your communities and, and raising up our... Our youth in these communities. Heck, just maybe
0: someday when I retire. Maybe I'll become an assistant coach at the local ADM high school over here by Des Moines. There you go. <laughs> because yeah. it would be fun just to see these, my own kids especially, crackheads, and, uh, you know, get after it on, on Friday night. Well, hopefully
1: not crackheads. But
0: well, you know, whatever. Crack you, crack, helmets. Yeah.
1: No, it, it, I, just, I guess
0: you're not supposed to do that anymore So, uh, <laughs> crack face mask Well, was just interesting how
1: you said Crack, yes but, yeah. <laughs> Be careful don't with want that, that. For
0: 2022,
1: for sure Oh, goodness, you know, you were talking about Tough kids I, I had to get a, my uh, Starting quarterback out of the rodeo That was here in town for the fair He wanted to He's a bull rider, he's always been a bull rider For his whole life, and he was going to go ride bull the other night, and I said, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't do that. a big fan of yours. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> rodeo bull rider. He said quarterback? Oh, he's
1: tough. Yeah, he's tough. He's a hard-dose kid. I want to write shit. that down, too. Tegan Kasperbauer. Kasperbauer.
0: That's
1: the name that's familiar with the rodeo. school. He's a cowboy. He loves that. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Okay.
0: kid that shows up with a black and blue ankle and says it's a little stiff but put a little tape
1: on a little tape a little tape will be all right
2: your quarterback and your fullback are my favorite backfield tandem of all
0: time anyways okay last question it's more lighthearted. uh you answer as long or as short as you want but like i was a part of a team in 1999 that uh traveled down to Harlan, Iowa, on a Wednesday night. No, no that's all right, Monday night, uh, we played the 1999 Harlan. At Harlan, the final score was six to zero. Do you happen to remember the game? I know you're one year out from high school, but did you come back for that game back in 1999
1: at all? Hey, I, I see you, Jefferson Scranton, but
0: uh, it was. I, I grew up in yeah. Jefferson Scranton, Peyton Dan, and now I live down in Newdale. Yep. But uh, Mr. Coach Gibby yep. was our. Coach and Doug Reeder was the announcer. You happened to remember? Well, I remember it being a
1: hard nosed, just a it was a punt fest. If I remember correctly, I it can't even remember how we scored.
0: Uh, you guys had zero, and we had six just on a on a uh, like a five yard run up the middle in the second quarter. By number thirty four, old Heisman Scott Erickson. But right after that. Uh, you ha- I don't remember the gentleman's name, but you had a, a stud that was going to go to Iowa State or was at least being recruited. I think his number was 45.
1: Uh it was Line then. yep.
0: and there you go. 16-yard line. They threw a pass to him. Our announcer on the radio said, touchdown for the Harlan, and, and then he dropped it like a half a second later, a half a beat later. The,
1: we turned over the ball five times. inside fact, you guys are 20.
0: Unlikely that he would have dropped it. And then later on in the fourth quarter, Maybe the same kid, I'm not 100% sure, made a tightrope run down the sideline on one play, like a 30 yard play, just an amazing play. And then unfortunately on the next play, he fumbled, is on the four yard line, and, and that's kind of the yeah.
1: kind opposite of,
0: yeah. of the game, just missed opportunities. Oh,
1: I do remember that. That was a really good football team, too, 99. They, uh, they have some really talented kids on there. Uh
0: two-time state champions of course. you were on the 98 team and undefeated and little old team oh, with no we. tradition at all. We just got lucky and I mean this is amazing the split second decisions that uh just are ingrained in time and you know it's just like oh that-
1: gosh yeah I bet you know it, it's a it's a nightmare for For us, you know, dropped a wide open. I do remember Dominic being wide open and and just dropped it there. Um, Those things happen, you know. Sometimes the hardest catch is when you're standing there by yourself and you got a lot of time to think about it. (laughs) Right. You see, pro guys miss those once in a while. I was the team captain that year, and, and
2: just from our humble opinion, just coming from JSPC without a whole lot of tradition like Harlem, it was pretty neat to just play on that field. Crazy that it actually
0: led to stuff that, even if we would have lost, it's just an incredible feeling to be in the playoffs and to be playing. Oh, yeah. Even back then, you guys had a mythic aura about you, and Coach Vlad over there in the, on the sideline. With his imposing,
2: booming voice and kind of uh, just larger-than-life personality.
1: I'm trying to remember, did you guys play Grinnell then?
0: We played Denison in the opening round. You guys had beat them 35-34 in double overtime earlier in the year. Yep. And, uh, we got yep. lucky to beat them 21-14. And then, uh, we, we lost the central line to George Little Rock in the state. Semifinals.
1: Oh, that's right. Ten, central line. And 8 right. Old, uh,
0: Curtis even blocked a field goal. We were down 10-8 to eight with 10 seconds left. And, uh, and he came through the middle and at the four-yard line, kicking at the 11. Blocked oh. the field goal right in the middle of his belly and, and uh sent us home a packing still I mean <laughs> just for some farm kids from Greene County with no history like y'all have it's yeah it's an amazing memory oh. and like I like I said in the earlier podcast it's like just amazing that you and your papa have 40 years of memories in terms of his career and now you're starting
2: to build your own chapter in your book and it's off to an awesome start
0: you're creating lifelong memories for each senior class that goes through your doors.
1: Boy, I hope so. <laughs> we'll get, we're going to give it our best effort down here. It's a, wow!
0: Even if you lose, there's still lifelong memories. But I would yeah, say runner-up yeah. and state championship, that's a damn good start.
1: thats I'll take it. i The, the one rough thing when you uh, part, start putting my dad's uh, career into perspective, um, I would have to do – that for the next 34 years to equal the number of wins that he has,
3: right? So
1: yeah, <laughs> so you one, lose one game every two years for the next 34 years. Good luck. <laughs> that's
3: incredible.
0: That, that's incredible. Whenever you put it in that perspective.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that those two seasons were great, but to be in that category, uh, you're gonna have to sit at the dinner table a little longer.
0: Do you ever meet Mr. Kibby, our coach at all?
1: I gosh, I know the name really well.
2: Yes, sir. He did it for a lot of years, just like your Papa. And uh just as a way to kind of conclude the show, can you give your scouting report of the JSBC Rams in the nineteen ninety-nine season that beat Harlan six to nothing on their home field? So coach, who intercepted the pass with two minutes left to go?
1: John Minahan.
2: Good job. Next question. Who scored with two minutes left to go in the first half, a five-yard touchdown over the left edge?
1: Scott Erickson.
2: And finally, on one of the last plays of the game to seal the win, who ran up the uh, past the Harlan sideline, a 30-yarder, to uh, conclude his 110 yards of rushing? Matt Liner. Wow. It's humbling that you remembered that all these years later, Todd.
1: Yeah, there were some really good players back in 1999.
2: Appreciate it, Coach. Appreciate <laughs> it. Boom. Day made. Todd Black, shouting out, Matt Lauder, Scott Erickson, John Minahan for being good players. Yay. My life is complete.
0: Game over. <laughs> uh, that that you uh, make my you made my year by saying that. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, that's alright. It's good. It's that ninety nine game. Uh,
0: according to our radio announcer Doug Reeder, it was the first time that Harlan had been shut out on their home field in the playoffs since nineteen seventy six. Oh, uh, uh, I think
1: it might be right. Yep.
0: Here's the radio recap
2: from those plays that we discussed tonight in the podcast uh, from the radio broadcast of 1999, KGRA 98.9 in Jefferson.
3: New set of downs, first and goal. Give to Erickson up the middle, Erickson to the goal line, Erickson touchdown! JSBC leads 6-0 with 2.53 to go in quarter number two. Longer, from a direct snap position, almost dropped the ball, he wants to throw, he throws toward the end zone, he's got a man, it's a touchdown, Drop. oh, he dropped the ball line and had it at the goal line, Joe, he had the coverage beaten, line Fourth and 23 he'll weave it down the field, it's hung up in the air, it is intercepted, John intercepted it it at the 45 of the Rams, the Rams had the football, 157 to go, fourth Harlan turnover of the night, JSPC is going to do it. Briggs it up, might just take a knee. Lautner instead has it, he bounces it outside. Lautner 30, Lautner 20. Lautner out of bounds at the 13-yard line. That puts him over 100 yards for the first time in JSPC history. Go to the state semifinals, they'll be eight and three. Harlan will lose for the first time in 20 ball games. Oh my goodness, Doug, and to do it on their home field in the quarterfinals on a beautiful night, shutting them out. A 30-yard run, 110 for Lautner on the 9.
0: I mean, we're a good yeah. defense, but to shut out Harlan, it's just a lot of luck. And that's, In football, you yeah. have to put yourself I, in position, but you also have to be really lucky sometimes as well. And well,
1: that's, play with, that's when you're lining, it's, lucky. You can look at the same way, you know, for, for our trip last year. We had a lot of things, a lot of great things happen, you know, through the year. Um, you know, just super lucky things that happened, but you know, kind of the stars were lining up and kept guys healthy. And it's, That's exactly and
0: it's... right. Our best player on our team, well, his name is Scott Ershin. Uh you just mentioned him. He played his entire senior year with no ACL.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, if he had had an ACL that worked, uh, he would have – it's kind of our booby mile story in terms of the Friday Night Lights movie because he was yep. a stud and he would have went on to college. He just couldn't – his knees never – would hell hold up. So I yeah. – I humbly stepped in and did a decent job running back. I was never as skilled as he was by any means, but I was kind of tough and farm kid scrappy, and uh, we made a, made a run at it anyway. So it was a lot of fun.
1: Want to win? Put booby in. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, I appreciate it, coach. I did have a uh,
1: nemesis from Jefferson Scranton, Peter and in wrestling. Okay.
0: It's yeah. interesting.
1: Kyle Walker. That was, uh, oh,
0: I like hearing this, Kyle. Mm-hmm. I just visited with Kyle via text message yesterday. No, uh, oh, did you? Different. He lives down in Southern Iowa, I believe. But yeah, he was uh, he was a decent football player, pretty good. I'm not I'm not trying to under, undervalue him, but he was a really stud wrestler back then. Did you guys go to, to head to head in state wrestling at all, or just dual?
1: Uh, we actually wrestled in uh, districts. Uh, he got me in the wrestle back by a point. Or one or two points. I lost my cool, and I, I head-butted him a couple times. He was gouging my eyeballs, so I hit Buddy him off. Oh, no. And,
0: <laughs> I, no whole Oh, really yeah. We're going to get Kyle a hard time for this. <laughs> yeah. <it> was,
1: <laughs> he did get me. I, I had him in the first period. I picked him up and threw him right onto his back. But um, time back then, they did one-minute periods. So, yeah, I was down my ass. I picked him up and I walked you all the way from the edge of the mat all the way to the middle of the mat, three and a half, and I had him stuck, but got no points. So,
0: as I was reaching out to you, I scanned through your Facebook quick and uh, I seen a video you had shared at some point. It was of your senior year. You had the old, uh, what do you call it? I mean, you were, you went, did you shave your head bald or mohawk back then in the football days? But.
1: Oh, we always do. Um, even the kids this year do it still. It's kind of a crazy tradition, but uh, shave their head in weird ways or get a mohawk <laughs> in there, color it red, whatever, just, you know. Just, just I
0: I how I'm dedicated just, they are to the Harlan team. Whenever they get a yeah,
1: I, I think my senior year I just left one little tuft of hair up there or something I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. The year before that I think I put my hand on my head and just had them cut around it.
0: <laughs>
1: that would have been now they get different. pretty now they're pretty unique. They get all kinds of crazy with it.
0: Just like the the football schemes are getting more technical to, the,
1: the haircut. The I tell you what, this do. year I was I was impressed. They were they were pretty crazy.
0: Well, thank all you very right, much Bob. for your time. I appreciate it. Tell your dad hello for me and uh yeah, good luck this fall in the season and Let's go runner-up, state championship, state championship. So you're just a little bit closer to that 422 wins at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that baby might be a pipe dream. We'll, right. we'll give her hell, but I can't. Sometimes, sometimes we're just going to go for the and legacy, And,
0: and that's, uh, <laughs> that's just incredible, the amount of success your pop has had. And uh, good luck to you in the future, and thank you for joining me for, for a few minutes here on the Big Show Podcast.
1: All right. Thanks, Matt. You take care. You yep. Mike.